What's good? What's good? It's your man Drayton Jackson, DraytonJackson.com. Man, last week was crazy because we did the child support thing, man. The emails, the hate mail is still coming in. <laughs> A lot of women in chimed in. But we 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 gonna deal with it today. Don't worry about it. I got you. We're gonna deal with it today, man. Um so listen, there is so much that is oh my god. Uh, America the world period is just going through so much, man. Climate change. We got, you know, uh, just people just going through it, and then so much that is happening. All right, so let 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 let's let's deal with this, man. Uh, wow, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. The Patriots win the Super Bowl. They did. They beat uh, my wife's team, the Rams, you know. Oh, I'm trying to figure out why they was even in there. Should have been Dallas. That's just me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but Robbie Kraft, who uh, is the Patriots owner, man, and he gets busted a couple weeks uh or yeah, two weeks ago for uh, misdemeanor solicitation of prostitution, he went in to the sex uh, to the massage parlor and got a happy ending. That that that's what that's that's how I'm gonna tell you it. You know, it's a happy ending in New York. We we like it was natural in the ghetto. Just letting you know, natural in the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? We look most of the men. That you saw inside of the uh, nail salons getting their nail done. Afterwards, we would go and get a massage. And yeah, we were getting happy endings. I'm just letting you know. So why you think thought your husband or your boyfriend was, you know, oh, it's so cute that he's getting his nails done, you know, his pedicure and all of that. Yeah, there was a happy ending to that. Nah, I'm only bulls. But um, I mean, your man, your man's charged. So let, let me say this, though. I, I do want to say this. His 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 wife passed away last year. I think it was the beginning of the season last year. And. You know, as a, as an older person in in that age, and me knowing a lot of older per- people in that age that I connect with, like you, you're not you're not going to get remarried. You're not trying to look for anything else. You don't want to de deframe, especially his wife. His wife was very known in the New England area, right? Very known, beloved by many. Beloved by many. I mean, the Wahlbergs really like gave their shout out after she passed away and everything. So, uh, I want to put that perspective on it, but this, this, this is another perspective I want to put on it. A couple weeks before all of this happened, right? Um, and, and I, you know, I, I gotta be real with it because I, I want you guys to, to really understand sometimes behind the scenes, like things that go on behind the scenes for it, right? So, you, uh, you know, when I talk to people, people think, ah, you know, Drayton, you need to stop thinking that everything is racial and everything is there. I don't believe in the Illuminati. I don't. You know, just telling you right off the top, I don't, I really don't. Uh, I, and I know that for a fact because I, I've studied Islam and I've studied, uh, the Masonic laws and can quote, I can quote from both books. But Robert Kraft was a major, 
major, major, major player in the Jay-Z Meek Mills criminal justice reform organization. A major, major, major person in this. So this is what I'm going to I'm going to say to you guys. Supposedly, supposedly this whole sting operation has been around for maybe about maybe about uh, five years. They've been trying to catch all of these people and do what they needed to do in Florida and, and whatnot. I get it. I'm not mad at it. But it just so happens that a press you know, conference was held a couple of weeks ago. Right? Michael Rubin was there. You know, he pledged a, a lot of money. You know, Jay-Z pledged a lot of money. Um, and then, of course, you know, Robert Kraft pledged a lot of money. Robert Kraft pledged a lot of money. Over 50. Over 50 million. So let, let's 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 talk about that, right? All of a sudden he gets picked up. Boom. So what you guys don't really understand is that when things happen like this, right? When you see somebody like a Jay-Z and a Meek Mills coming together and then they, they go and get uh, one, of, one of the greatest in, in uh, uh, prison reform, Van Jones, to run the organization. What is that? What is that telling you? You know what I'm saying? That's telling you that we going for change. So I don't know, Robert, and I'm going to just be honest with you. I don't know Robert Kraft's interest in this. I'm going to just say that. I don't know whether he spoke to Jay, like like Jimmy Jones said, after I met Jay-Z, I was in love with him. He's a good dude. Of course, that you know, when you when you're from Brooklyn, we good peoples, man. We we tell you the truth. We ain't going to BS you. But what you see is politics at its best form, but what you see is pure organized racism. At its best form. So what am I, what do I mean by that, right? So Meek Mills get out of jail. Everybody's up in arms about it. Jay-Z comes together and say, yo, look, we need to do something about how you got railroaded. Jay goes out and talks to people. He got players on different teams. Rock Nation Athletics is, I mean, they they took Robinson Cano was here in uh, Seattle, man. Rock Nation represented them. You know what I'm saying? He represents, Rock Nation represents a lot of athletes. So he, Jay has the ear of a lot of people. So here it is. If you're going to say that, boom, damn, Robert Kraft did that. You know what? Don't we got him on film? Let's pull this card. Because it tries to destroy the whole criminal justice reform organization. And that that you know that that's just what I see behind that, and I, I'm I'm gonna leave it at that because there's so much more to that. I'm reaching out to people that I know that's around Meek, um, my man T. Ra that's around Meek Mills. We 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 gonna we gonna we gonna try to get people on the phone to just talk about it and then just you know just see. Uh, another thing that happened last week was. Um, Cohen's testimony, Jesus Christ! It's it's so somebody somebody hit me up and let me know is Cohen um, 
Oh my God! What what was what what was John Gotti's man's name? Uh, uh, the Bull, Sammy the Bull. Is is Cohen Sammy the Bull for for uh, politics? Is he testifying on it? So look look at this. So the whole thing boils down to he testified that obviously the forty five your president, not mine, your president has um, committed some type of. Some type of you know crime. I'll say it that way. I don't. I don't know what 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 it is because when when he gets to the billions and politics, it, it becomes very coerced. But Elijah Cummins, who's the chairman of the House and overseas uh, reform committee, says that uh, his testify his testimony. Um, there's names that he mentioned that we need to call to the issue. We need to have them there and, you know, figure out whether or not these things are real. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I think, let me tell you this. There's no question that crimes were committed. It's just, is it worth trying to get this guy out of office? Is it worth it? Who cares? That's that's what I'm going to say to you. You know what I'm saying? Who cares? Because let him stay in office. Let him do what he got to do. Got a good campaign coming up. He got a lot of people in uh, the new uh, campaign that's Democratic. Uh, and I, I'm going to go into one, and I'm going to just tell you what my thoughts on it. So, you know, that, that raises it. So here in Washington State, uh, Governor Jay Inslee, he's running for president. I like my man. That's my dude. You know what I'm saying? I have met with him on a number of occasions, but he is running. He is running for president. Um, a lot of people don't know his background. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? He is a Washingtonian. He's definitely a Washingtonian. Um, hey, he was a, uh, a municipal prosecutor. Uh, locally, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and going over, you know, just what I remember when I was on the Kitsap Sun. Shout out to the Kitsap Sun, David. What's good? Shout out to Kitsap Sun uh, in Kitsap County. Um, I sat on the board. He came through uh, on a on a on a great day. Like he didn't he he didn't need to. He was going somewhere, and he came through to speak to the Kitsap Sun, and it was all good. But uh, you know, he he's been he's been uh, at the U.S. House. Or representatives, he's uh, you know, he's he's lost a couple of races, but then he gained it back and became governor. You know what I'm saying? Um, two things that I do know about him: his father was a high school teacher and a coach, if I'm not mistaken, right? And I think that um, his mom's was a sale clerk at Sears. You remember Sears? Sears was what it was. This is what was told, you know, uh, when we were talking, but in Ingram High School in North Seattle is where I know that he he did go to because I was talking about the, you know, me coming from New York. All only high school I know was um, uh, out there by Rainier where all of these basketball players came from. He was like, nah, I went to North Seattle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we had a good basketball team, but anyway. Uh, and, and, you know, a Stanford grad Graduate, you know, uh, should have went to UW. But anyway, Stanford graduate, which, you know, it's all good. But the thing is this, he's running. And whether I think that he's going to win or not is not the question. I do believe the platform of climate change is real. Bob, you know, there, there was so many um, people that do not understand how climate change is so real so we'll deal with that and we're gonna come back i'm gonna talk about uh just guns in the schools real quick it should be a drayton jackson conversation with dre we coming right back baby 
good? What's good? It's your man, Drayton Jackson, DraytonJackson.com. Back again, I told y'all. So last week, man, the podcast went off the hook. The emails came in. People was chiming in. A lot of people had their opinions that they wanted to give to the child support experience. And, you know, I, want, I wanted to get uh, some, some people's opinions of what they have experienced and what they went through uh, with, with child support and everything. So I got Amy from Vancouver, Washington, not BC, but Vancouver, Washington. And Amy, let, let's yes. let's talk about your experience and what you've been through with child support. With child support? <clears throat> well, uh, I've had good and bad. Um, basically, what it comes down to is um, the, the good is, is that when you do get it, you do get the child support. I'm all you know that you get it and it comes through and you don't have to wait for the parent, you know, to come pay you. But most of the time that's not the case. Um, and the bad experiences is, is that, um, if you're on TANF, I'm on TANF, you're on TANF, you don't get none of that money. Um, even when you do get off of TANF and you're starting to be self-sufficient, you are going to expect to get that child support and you won't get that until the state is all the way paid back. How do, let me ask you this. When, when you, when you get, when you get something like that in the mail, as as the parent that has children to take care of, a household to take care of, how does that make you feel overall? Well, first of all, you don't get it in the mail anymore. You get it on a little card. <laughs> but right, when, right, uh, right, right. yeah, but when you see them, yeah, it makes you feel. I mean, like really, like that your your kid's not worth it. You know, I mean, what they obviously they well, what did they come up with forty some cents. You know, I mean, I don't get it. It's I, I don't understand it myself. I know that. Um, that the money's supposed to go there to help the kid. And if you, right now I get three more dollars a month than I would get if my baby's father's pay child support, three more dollars a month on TANF. But yet I've got to report to them every month, what I'm doing, um, job searches, all that stuff. When I could just be getting my child support $3 less and not having to deal with all that and go get a job and go, you know, do whatever and not have to be under their, their supervision or whatever, jump through their hoops. But um, they don't enforce it. You know, like they'll set on my child support order said that my baby's father would pay 100 percent of of daycare costs and his ex um, his sports and stuff like that. Well, if I don't go and follow up with that and they don't just it ain't just going to be paid. You know, I'm I've never had him paid for child support at all. I've always been responsible for it. And if I want to go through all the court, I can go back to court and then try to get it. But that's not usually how it works. So is the system uh, are you do you feel like a victim twice because once here it is you know the spouse that you was with you know you have a, you have a uh, child by this spouse they leave and put you in a position and then the system again comes along and now it's not helping you to do what it said it was supposed to do do you feel victimized because you have to be the one to pressure them to make sure that something gets done Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I do. I'm all, it's, it's not even fair. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like our parenting plans here in at least Washington state is it, they've got them, but I mean, really, what are they good for? Unless you go to court, they're not good for nothing. You can't say, oh, well, you know, he's not paying his child support. So um, let's, you know, go take his car because all they have to do is put their car in somebody else's name, you know, and be their property then. So that's been a big thing for me is, my baby's father's, you know, just ducking and dodging the system and the system being like, well, it's out of our hands, you know, yet they can bail out of jail. They can come up if they're in jail, they'll come up with a couple thousand dollars to get out. But yet when it comes down to paying child support, they don't, 
oh well you know i've had one that's been it's been to court uh, we've had five i think five last year he had five warrants for his arrest for failing to um, pay child support and in the end nothing happened he paid 40 dollars. they're like great there you go okay we're gonna stop this now <laughs> i mean it's just it's wow. not doing anything for the kids I, and uh i'm sure the time the time is very important. I've even told them before, hey, if you just spend time with them, I wouldn't even do child support. This is before I had to get TANF. And, of course, that didn't work out well. So I went and got child support. And still, same situation, except for now I have to jump through all these hoops. to. So let me, let me ask you this. Do you, have, do you have some women that say, you know what? You know, let's 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 leave it alone. I'm not I'm not even depending on him. I'm not even thinking about him. What do you say to women that just say they're just going to take it all on themselves? They're not even going after child support. They're not dealing with it no more because of the headaches that like what you're describing now. What do you say to the many women that have done that and just let it all go? Well, those people either have a good job <laughs> and, and they're, they're being able to take care of themselves and their family by themselves with no help or. uh I, I don't really know it because they're not getting no assistance or they're not getting any help like that. Because if you go down and apply for assistance, you automatically have to put down the father's name for child support. And if you don't know the father, then they're going to want to do paternity. So it's, you, you can't get away really from that. I mean, somebody's always going to have a debt. So let's, let's look at it this way. Amy has the, the pen right now and can rewrite how child support system is. What is your first three things that you would change and you would enforce? What's the first three? The first three would be, um, hmm, that's a hard one, but uh, would be to know that, that, well, because people that get time with their kid, they always say time with your kid, the parenting plan and your, your visitation time, whatever with your kid has nothing to do with your child support. You don't have to pay child support and still be able to see your kid. And that's great. I get that. And, and that's important for them to just be a part of their kid's life. But at the same time, uh, they're not, they're not helping. How come they get to get the, the benefit of being a part of their child's life yet if they're not helping support and take care of their child, you know, okay. that would be a big thing. And, and then, uh, is I think that they should have some people that maybe not an investigator, but somebody that works as a middle person that goes out and finds out that this guy's driving this car, you know, every single day, but yet he's got it in his mother's name or yet this person um, has uh, an under the table business, you know what I'm saying? And they are able to find that, that out. And cause I know for a fact that in my situation, there's thousands and thousands and thousands. As a matter of fact, the state gave him back $38,000 and, and, and not a penny of it went to, to my, my kid, not a penny, wow. you know, uh, income tax return. They do income tax returns. This is going on with a lot of people around here that they don't just go through like they used to. And, and you get your income tax, re, you know, return back, but yet, um, or it goes to the child support. So it pay off the child support before their non-custodial parent got their money. But it's not the, the non-custodial parents are, um, are left with these debts because somewhere along the lines, this income tax return money is being held for up to six months and then it's being returned to sender. You know, um. the, custodial parent, or the, the custodial parent can't find out nothing about that because that's not their IRS, that it's not their, their return. Yeah, so the IRS won't talk. So it kind of leaves them in a situation of, I don't know, but I know the child support builds lots of animosity between parents. You've even said that yourself, you know? Right. Do, do you think that 
it is in in the history like I, like I said I mean there's billions of dollars that's still unpaid so if if a, if a parent mother or father because you got a lot of mothers that's on child support if they sit in jail and of course a little bit of money that they make do you think that that punishment is earnest enough to erase the debt and and allow the state to take you know just say all right if he's in jail or she's in jail now the state is is going to take care of that or do you feel that them going to jail for not paying their child support and doing their due diligence and taking care of their their children is a hard enough punishment or you think there needs to be something else well I think that um, them going to jail really doesn't do anything because here in Vancouver, in Clark County, they go to jail and it's a 300 payer stay. So if it's 300, it doesn't matter what the child support is or whatever. I mean, I guess if it's $25 a month, maybe they figure something out then, but I'm sure they're more than $300 behind to be in court. But, um, you know, they, they go to jail and then in order to get out of jail with the child support, you've got to pay $300. Well, they come up with 300 bucks somehow, pay that to get out. And then they do the same thing. They just don't pay no more until they get caught again. You know, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of people out here, the, the more males and females, but a lot of the non-custodial parents out here don't even work because what are they going to get? It's all going to go to child support, you know, so they, they, they don't even try to even go look for jobs. They need, they need to have something that works in between because regardless of anything, if you're in poverty, there's somewhere along the lines you got caught up in the criminal system, whether you're out getting stealing medicine for your kid or you're hitting a drop box for clothes. OK, you somehow get caught up in the criminal system and and there needs to be something like uh, that's where they need to fix it. They're, that's where it's broken with with. I think it's broken in between. Um, well, because, you know, a lot, a lot of people that have are really wealthy, they don't really do this child support thing. And if they do do it. I'm all, they don't even touch it because it just goes to their bank. You know, they just look at the numbers. Right. They don't even have to worry about it. So, right. Uh, right. yeah, but for the people that aren't so lucky, um, we, on the other hand, yeah, we're, it's, it's, it just, it's not, it's not a win-win situation here. It's not even, it's not a fair thing at all. It needs to really be looked into from a bunch of different ways. See, and this why this why we had to bring it up and talk about it. It's your man Dre and Jackson conversation with Dre, Amy from Vancouver, Washington, and I'm telling you, a lot of what you said is 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 so true in in the matter that the system on different levels is messed up, and everybody's experience I know is different from it. And hearing from your side of the story, I definitely know is going to add to a lot of other people saying I'm going through that same thing that that Amy's going through, and you know what, something needs to happen on it. And we're going we gonna, to we gonna touch more on it. I already know we're going to have to come back and deal with this episode again, <laughs> either in a couple of months or, or, or sooner with it. But, Amy, good looking on, on calling in for getting your, your opinion and your experience with it. All right? Thanks. Yes. All right. Much love. It's your man, Dre and Jackson. Conversation with Dre. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, baby. What's good? What's good? It's your man Drain Jackson, DrainJackson.com. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk today about the school shootings, man, because uh, some some weeks back it was an anniversary, and I'm, I want to play to you ABC's, uh, you know, whole thing on the shooting at one of the schools and celebrating the anniversary of it. 
And it kind of got to me, and it kind it got to me thinking, me growing up in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Shout out to Brownsville, Brooklyn. But why I carried a gun and why I got a gun to go to school. So we're gonna play that, and then we're gonna come right back real quick. There was another deadly mass shooting this week, this time in Aurora, Illinois, the shooter taking five lives and injuring several police officers. Another senseless act of violence just one day after the one year anniversary of the Parkland shooting that shocked the country. A shooting that left a nation in mourning and young survivors struggling. Since Parkland, 25 states have passed gun safety legislation. A bill to tighten background checks is moving forward in Congress. And last week, the House held its first hearing on gun violence in nearly a decade. Despite that progress, there were 107 shootings on school grounds since last February. And more than 14,000 Americans were killed by gun violence. So... As we know, shootings is still happening, man, in the schools, right? So there is a website that I'm gonna have it on the uh, I'm gonna have it on our, you know, my website just to go over it. So gunviolencearchives.org, gunviolencearchives.org. It's a site that I've been following for may- maybe about a year. You know, I didn't know it existed until somebody put me onto it and I checked it out and I was like, wow. So here, here, here we go. Uh, this, this is this. They record all shootings, all shootings in schools, mass shootings, This is mass shootings. That's what they deal with. Mass shootings. Right. I'm going to give you the first five. March 3rd, 2019 in California, Oakland. Address 316 14th Street. Four injured, no killed. March 3rd, 2019, Illinois, Chicago, 2900 block, East 79th Street. Six injured, no killed. March 2nd, 2019, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, 723 East 25th Street. Four injured, one killed. February 28th, 2019, California, Oakland, Eds Avenue, right? Three injured, one killed. Are you ready? February 22nd, 2019, Alabama, Birmingham, 1100 block, two injured, two killed. And then I'm going to just draw this last one. February 21st, 2019, Maryland, Baltimore, 500 block, four injured, one killed. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven people killed in a span of March 3rd. Well, let's, let's say February, February 21st to March 3rd. Let me let me explain this to you guys. Growing up in Brownsville, Brooklyn, I heard gunshots every night. I don't, I don't think there was a night that my brother and I and my mother went to sleep that there was no gunshots. Just being honest with you. I think that it became normal to me. Now, from getting from my house to my public school was the hardest thing for me. 
School for me was the safe haven. School for me was once I got there, I was protected by the bullies, the gang members and the killers from the street because no matter what, they wouldn't let them into our school. And that's the way my life was. My man Mouse that got killed. Uh, you guys know I tell you that somebody had got killed. I used to walk to school every day. It used to be me, Mouse, uh, Tariq, and Sheld. We used to get chased every day. Coming from school and going to school. Every day. There was a gang that, that uh, you know, there, there was a bunch of young, older kids, older than us. They didn't know what the hell they was doing, man. And we used to get chased all the time. I got jumped and beat almost every day for maybe two months. It made me a different person because my fear of trying to go to school to get my education, uh... Outweighed me going to get my education. I'm going to say this. If we do not, as parents, stop cradling our children to the emotional effects and let them understand that this world ain't pretty. Let them understand this world is harsh. Let them understand that there's mean people in this world. Let them understand that Freddy Krueger does exist. (laughs) Real talk. This is why suicide is up amongst young kids, 12 and younger. How can somebody eight and nine years old commit suicide because they're getting bullied off of racism because they're getting bullied off of name calling. They're getting bullied off of, you know, they don't uh, understand why everybody hates them. They're coming out because they're gay and they're getting bullied. What are we not doing as parents to make our children strong enough? Because it's just words. If you are teaching your children to be that emotional and that protective over people swearing words at them, then you're going to be sitting at a gravesite talking about what did you do wrong? I have six daughters. One of my daughters constantly goes through suicide thoughts all the time. And the honest reason why she goes through suicide thoughts all the time is because she she has to believe in herself. She has to believe that she is important. The thing that us as parents have to do is do our due diligence to making sure that our children know the truth of everything. Our life. I've tried to commit suicide on two known occasions, but maybe three or four. And the key thing that all of us got to understand as parents is you can't change what God wants. It's out of your hands. But you have to be truthful and lead your children into the right way. And all I want to leave you guys with today is this. If children are not getting a safe place at home, a safe place in the street and God damn it, a safe place at school. Then where do our children go to have a peace of mind? 
And if they don't have no place to go to have a peace of mind, then you understand why they're killing themselves and why they are killing others. It's your man, Drayton Jackson. Conversations with Dre. We're going to talk about it, baby. Trust me on that. We're going to talk about it. Peace. Till next week, baby. Conversations with Dre is intended for entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in this show by its hosts do not represent the views, positions, and opinions of Family Day Foundation, For You Entertainment TV, and its affiliates.